Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The film is called Tahara. It's part teen comedy as well as drama. The film centers around a funeral that happens after one of their former Hebrew classmates commits suicide. The two girls, the two best friends, Carrie, played by Madeline Gray DeFries, and Hannah, played by Rachel Sennett, attend not only the funeral but also a teen talkback session hosted by their synagogue that quickly devolves into something that's much more than teen talkback. It's a terrific film, very well acted, the writing is sharp, the direction is wonderful, and we're fortunate to have with us the director, which would be Olivia Peace, as well as the screenwriter, Jess Seidman. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Um, It is a a very low-key, and in many ways, it's so insightful. There's so much here about the script and the storyline, but it's also in the telling of the story. So I'm glad you're both here to talk about it. Uh, I'll start with you, Jess. Um, You're the writer. And um, tell me a little bit about what inspired the story. Yeah, of course. So uh, I grew up going to Hebrew school. We actually uh, shot the film in my synagogue in Temple Beth Bell in Rochester and filmed in my Hebrew school classroom, which was pretty weird and very fun. Thank you, everyone at Bethel. But I wrote the script as a, I was 19. I was uh, going to school at Northwestern University studying film. And I took a class with the, uh, the filmmaker, Stephen Cohn, called Writing the Micro-Budget Feature. And I really wanted to create a world that was like the one I'd grown up, to, grown up in, something that was very teenage. I was like very scared to turn 20. So it all sort of started with that seed in the ladies' lounge. And I kind of expanded out from there. What would it be like to sort of go through all these different emotions and all these different kind of like toxic friend manipulations in Hebrew school, a place that I spent so much time, but so few of my you know, non-Jewish peers had ever really experienced. And I thought that would be kind of a fun thing to see on film. So that's really where it came from. And then within the class, you know, the limitations of a micro budget feature is, you know, one location, one day, it's fewer costumes, fewer characters, fewer locations, obviously just one. And it also allowed me to sort of find a lot of depth in smaller moments because, you know, you don't have that much ground to cover. And so I was able to really build the story out from there, kind of reflecting. It's not a true story, but it's definitely based on my experiences and my very heightened emotions and angst as a teen. And I kind of, you know, developed it from there. So yeah, I started it in the fall of 2016, if you can believe. And then I worked on it throughout college until I graduated in 2018. And we started filming in May of 2019. Very good. Well, Olivia Peace, the director and editor of the film, how did you come into the project? Yeah, so Jess emailed me. (laughs) And the story goes, like, at first she sent the email to the wrong address, but eventually I did get it. (laughs) Um, And I read it. I read it with my roommate. I usually would, um, at the time when I would get submissions, I would project it on the wall of our apartment and we would go back and forth, like playing the roles of the different characters. And we got a lot of laughs. My roommate really liked it. I really liked it. And at a certain point while we were reading, I started taking notes. And 
ostensibly with these notes, I was going to give them to Jess, who would then go on to direct the film. <laughs> um, but then as I was telling Jess all these ideas, like she was so excited about each one as they got more and more ridiculous. Like it started with, I thought that there should be animation in the film. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would really elevate the sequences where people are talking about the reality that they wish that they were living in. And she was like, yeah, great. That sounds awesome. And then <laughs> um, I said, also, I think we should shoot in a one-one aspect ratio. And without really thinking about it, I think it seems like you said yes to that as well. <laughs> um, and it just sort of like snowballed from there. And then by the end of that call now, I was directing this film. And I mean, it was, it was a really cool experience where we got to experiment a lot, try new things, push boundaries. And all the while, like really respect these teen characters. I thought was really cool. Yeah, the strength of the film is the characters. They're being able to establish kind of an identity. You're talking about budget limitations and all the things that can be an impediment to sort of being able to expand out and getting to know a character. But all of this film in the storyline is basically contained within the two. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. Hannah and, and Carrie are, are the heart and soul of the film, but you're able to bring in a, other people into it to, to essentially change the dynamic, right? That's a, what I really appreciate about the way the story unfolds is the dynamics within their relationship and how they shift and change and become illuminating about a lot of things that teens go through, right? Sort of finding yourself in the world, beginning to realize who you are and what you're about and what your desires are. And all those things are here. One quick thing, Jess, about making this one day. This feels so much like a teen experience where every day is almost an operatic experience, right? Right. Everything becomes more important than it probably really is, but it sure seems like it. And that's what you're able to convey in this film is that sort of that heightened sense of reality. And especially in light of this, this funeral that kind of frames the whole whole experience. Is that sound fair? Is that fair to the story? It sounds totally fair. I think something Olivia and I talked a lot in the development process through pre-production and even on to the course of, you know, making and editing and bringing the film out into the world is that feeling of being a teenager is so like today this is my life and three hours from now my life is completely changed I'm a new person and this is why you know and I definitely like I was a big journaler as a teen I still am um and it really is that thing where it's like a constant renewal and change of identity of what you like of what you don't like of who's your friend and who's your enemy and who you're in love with and who you couldn't give less of a damn about it's like that whole energy is so uh, powerful but it feels so real and something that is hard in the genre of teen movies is that I feel like it's often so tied up into these like really kind of silly or positive experiences. But what happens in real life is it's usually like the really weird circumstances of like, now we're at a funeral for someone we knew, but weren't that close with, but had a weird relationship with because every relationship we have is really tenuous. And so playing with those dynamics is something as a writer, 
that's very, very interesting to me. And as collaborator with Olivia, we both were like, we want to take this seriously, but we want to have the awareness because we're not teenagers right now, that there is a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of awkwardness and there's a lot of like miscalculation. And recently I had a friend, another filmmaker talking to me about the sort of joy of watching a movie and realizing as an audience member like this is not going to work out but like they don't think that they're so in it and i feel like that's sort of how you feel as a teenager all the time is you're so confident and so it's fun from a filmmaking perspective to like sort of mess with that and be like is it going to work out and that's where you know the animations the aspect ratio changing all of that sort of speaks to both dynamics like we know it's not going to work out but in their minds of course it will and that kind of push and pull is something that I think film can be really powerful for showing. And Olivia, there's a pivotal scene in the film, the one where they're in the sort of the area near the bathroom, I don't exactly the waiting area. And there's this conversation back and forth between uh, Hannah and uh, Carrie about life, but about sex, about things, how they're sort of who likes them, who doesn't like them. Are they a good kisser? I think I don't think I'm giving away too much here. <laughs> And there is this moment, and uh, I mean, uh, Olivia, talk about sort of, you know, setting that up kind of even to the point of how you framed it, and then the enhancement of it with the, you mentioned the animation. I thought that was just so beautifully done. I thought that was such a, the, the awkwardness, all of the things about it. What was going through your mind as you were putting this, this particular moment together for the film? Thank you. I mean, I think a couple of things. My cinematographer, Tahila, introduced me to Polish films. And in particular, I fell in love with one called Cold War. Oh, my God. It's It's amazing. (laughs) Stunning. And one of the things I loved about it was just how deliberate their cinematography was, like how everything is locked down on sticks the whole time. And so I told Tahila, like, I want most of this film to be static. And I said, we're at a funeral, it should feel like that. <laughs> and so um, every single shot that we chose, like we tried to choose really carefully so that most of the scene could play out that way, like on that one, in that one location. And so when Hannah is doing her little monologue in front of the vanity mirror that we got, where did we get, I feel like we rented that, Jane. Our we got that there. from uh, the American Veterans Thrift Store in Rochester, New York. Incredible. Yeah. Most Thank of you. our sets. That's where this Jane. is from, too. <laughs> oh, oh, incredible. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Most of our set stuff literally came from like garage sales around Rochester. So um, it savers as well. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, and, and like just was saying, we didn't have very much money. So we tried to kind of crush like all of our production design elements like into this tiny frame and then just stay there. Um, and one of the really cool, I guess, happy accidents that I got was seeing Rachel Sennett's audition for the role of Hannah, where we did mostly video auditions because I'm remote in LA. And she did this audition literally almost in the same way as you see it on screen where it's just her giving this monologue to the camera and there's something about her face (laughs) as she was doing it that I found fascinating and I decided in that moment like wow we should just stay on her the whole time (laughs) as she delivers these lines and so that's what we did which then made not to spoil it the pimple situation (laughs) yes yes i think all the more frightening where it's almost like you're watching a thriller now (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and then, you know, it kind of just staying on one person for so long, you cannot see how the person she's talking to is reacting. And then when you do, and that moment happens, I guess not to spoil that, although it's in our trailer, can I say it just yeah. like, yeah, they yeah, yeah, they're going to kiss. <laughs> yeah. gonna kiss. The two, the two kiss. Um, and their world opens up like both yeah. literally and metaphorically. And that also was a bit of a happy accident where I, so I'm one of the editors of the film. The other editor is our friend, the genius Troy Lewis. And basically what happened was we were editing that scene together and um, we were using a pillar box to kind of map out the square aspect ratio of the whole film. And he accidentally put keyframes on it one day. <laughs> like he accidentally moved the pillar box. And mm -hmm. so it, all of a sudden, while we were editing, expanded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it was gorgeous. And I was like, oh, wait, like we can use this. We can do this. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what we did for that scene. And it worked out somewhat. I do think Olivia is forgetting a crucial element of that scene, filming that scene, which is oh. that the track, the dolly track we bought, does not fit in that lady's lounge. It will not fit in there. It is just too small. And so was it Ashley? Who was like, let's put the camera on the trash can? Yeah, that was Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley O'Shea, our, our incredible first AC, realized that in the synagogue, they use a lot of, you know, dollies, these round dollies to move the trash cans around to, you know, clean up the space. And so Ashley was like, let's take the trash can off and put the camera on the dolly. And that's how we got the spin. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, we That's got like halfway around. The story, it's about sexuality, again, exploring that space. There are some very interesting, understated parts of the, of the telling of this story. And the young woman who committed suicide and whose funeral that, uh, that everyone is there for, we go back to Hannah. Hannah, you know, is kind of this, uh, this vector of a lot of action around campus, if you will. And it was it's just that I, I, I really thought that you were able to facilitate a lot of different storylines. They just make it interesting. They make the whole, the whole film richer and really kind of explores this idea of sexuality and finding your place. And, and I'll say this as a man, that I think women are so much more available and open to exploring their sexuality, at least there's an intimacy that women share that men don't, right? So it, it provides an opportunity to be able to kind of feel comfortable in a particular place. And that's how this film feels to me. There's a certain level of comfort. Um, there's not a stigma attached to it in the same way that, that men tend to do. And I really appreciate the fact that that's, that you did this in such a respectful way, in such a, in such a really a loving way. I, I don't, and, and but is that what you intended? Yeah, I would say I would say definitely. I think Olivia and I both have a lot of love for all of the characters that we yeah. created and all the people we collaborated with to make the film. And I think that love really comes through. From a writing perspective, I sort of see uh, Hannah, Carrie, and Samantha. That is their classmate who uh, passed away. Yeah, uh, as kind of different elements not to be like I'm a writer and not a that but it's like different versions of myself I, I struggle a lot with my own mental health I did as a teenager I still do today I definitely have been the Hannah of my life trying to control people through things I 
shouldn't be trying to control them with. And I've definitely been the carry. I've been pushed over by my friends. I've been too scared to speak up. And then it seems like I explode later. Like all those elements, I think, are the facets of not even being a young woman. I think it's especially common amongst teenage girls, but being a young person in general. And I think that love you see is the love we have where I don't want anyone to walk away from the film thinking that someone was wrong for doing what they were doing. It is so just a a misunderstanding of self that reflects back onto each other and amongst each other. And I think uh, it's really important, especially in the world we live in now and the world we lived in then when we made the movie to have grace for that. And I think that's something that was very important to both Olivia and I. Oh, and I was just gonna add like also kudos to Jess on the writing too, because at a certain point we had like a three hour long meeting where we mapped out arcs for every single character that you see on screen. And I think that might be what's coming through, like everything down to like the Chekhov's gun of the pot brownie (laughs) Um, to like Tristan's arc as the romantic lead. And you were turning those scripts around quickly too. like. That's really important. Yeah, Tristan is, he's kind of orbiting around all of this in a way, and he becomes kind of a touchstone for their different perceptions, particularly for Hannah, who, again, she is the, she is the more dynamic in, in this film in terms of her, she has an agenda. Right. And the others aren't so certain of their agenda yet. And so therefore they're sort of reacting to what's happening. And again, you know, going back to the way this is shot, I know you you shot this under some duress. You mentioned the synagogue. Apparently it was <laughs> under construction or reconstruction Absolutely. or something <laughs> crazy was going on. And so so all of these things, again, I guess I I love it when filmmakers find something, the idea of the one day storyline and the fact that you found someplace where you could kind of explore your, your story the creativity that goes, I guess, Olivia, what I'm trying to get to is the creativity on the fly. You had to figure things out, undoubtedly, when you're doing a film like this, I'm sure, as I read in some of the notes, the noise level was there on a kind of a constant <laughs> level, being able to shoot a whole. And these scenes tend to last fairly long scenes in here. Mm-hmm. And so being able to navigate all of that, do it in a way in the pace of this film, that's another thing I really appreciate about it. As an editor, you can, you really give us time to be in these scenes and kind of get comfortable with everybody that's in the scene and allow them to do their thing. And going back to Madeline and uh, Madeline Gray, DeFries and Rachel Sennett, they're terrific. There's so many other people, but they're just so good at what they do in this film. So let's talk a little bit about sort of the tone, the pace and overcoming these challenges that you were dealing with. Yeah, I mean, I think, the name of the game at a certain point was like having a certain level of flexibility and willingness to surrender, I think, to allow what's happening be the inspiration versus yeah. this idea that we came in with. Because I literally had storyboarded <laughs> this. This is my first feature. And I was like, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to have the shot list. I'm going to have storyboards. And then I would get in the space and it was just not, <laughs> like, it was not what, what I think I had in my in my head. And kind of beyond that, like sometimes it would be exactly what we wanted. Like I remember one room in particular for the luncheon that that scene with the bagel and the cheese. Yes, we had this gorgeous room that me and Tahila we loved the curtains and the way the light was falling. We were like, it's perfect. Then we got there. Was that the day of Jess? And they had gutted it for asbestos. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Like there was caution tape on it and everything. 
you know, I really had to rely on my team, like on these actors, on our crew. A lot of people were local. Like we had some people even from the um, Rochester RIT, I think. Rochester yeah, Rochester Institute of Technology. Technology. Yeah. yeah, that was amazing. And yeah, rely on the, um, what's the word? Not just intelligence. I don't know, like the the ideas of like people who are even there and I think a lot of my job as the director was literally just encouraging people to speak up in the moment with whatever ideas they had. Um, And then we would try things. (laughs) And I think when it came to the actors, like I was so delighted to find, to watch them both catch their stride because they have such different styles. Like Rachel is a comedian. Like she did, she came from the stand-up scene. She did a lot of stuff on Instagram at the time. And so over the course of the shoot, I would just encourage her to try to be funny. Like, what jokes do you have? Do you have something that can button a scene? And eventually over time, she became really comfortable and confident in suggesting stuff. And same with Madeline. Like, I would give her usually like three takes of trying things three different ways emotionally. And the last one, I would always say, do what you want. And that do what you want take was usually the one we would pick. And that is, yeah. And so I think just facilitating an environment where people felt comfortable bringing up their ideas and suggestions real time is kind of what allowed us to, I think, find our our niche. In just the last couple of minutes I've got with you, first of all, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the writer, and that would be Jess Zeidman, as well as the director and editor, Olivia Peace, of this film, Tahara, and it is coming out through Film Movement, a terrific distributor. Congratulations on landing with them. Be looking for this because it is, it's just a wonderfully done film, and it is, uh, it is this sort of gem of little contained story. It, It works on so many levels. It looks great. And you'll come away, I think, really having enjoyed your experience of, of watching uh, Tahara. And um, to both of you, I, I, I think I've got this right. This is your first feature film yes. experience. It's true. Very good. Congratulations on that. And sort of this is your takeaway as a writer, sort of shepherding this, uh, this your, your baby <laughs> out into the world. And, and then, and Olivia as well, as a, as a first time filmmaker of, of a feature film. Um, let's start with you, Jess. What, what has sort of been the takeaway for you? And obviously, hopefully in your confidence to do what you want to do. Absolutely. It's a great question. I think my biggest takeaway is really, like I said earlier, having grace for yourself and having grace for the people around you. I think especially in the in the movie business, <laughs> people can be really harsh. They can be really competitive. They can be really cruel without realizing because they want to be ahead of themselves, of their friends, of their people they think they should be ahead of. But it's such a collaborative way to make art. And so that grace will leave you and leave everyone around you really feeling like the real reason you want to make this is because I don't know, I'm a writer, you know, like you have something to say. And the best way to say it is with that kindness and patience that you would hope others would approach you with. And so that's really been my greatest takeaway is that art is so exciting and fun and difficult to make, but it can be really rewarding if you let yourself enjoy it and and have patience with yourself. Olivia? Oh, I love that. I think it probably has something to do with, I spent the whole first part of 
getting ready for this film, preparing, like in preparing in these major ways. I remember I asked one of my mentors, who was a, a feature film director, what I should do. And he told me to start training like a professional athlete. He was like, you're going to be on your feet 12 hours a day. Everyone's depending on you. You need to start like stop eating terrible food. I'll censor what he said. <laughs> stop eating terrible food. You need to start like exercising, pick up a meditation practice, something. And I did those things. Like Jess can attest. Like I can. I'd get up every day. I would do yoga like six o'clock in the morning. I had my mango and my matcha like at the ready. <laughs> um, and I had my storyboards. I had a binder like with the script in it that was highlighted, annotated, my shot list, my storyboards. And then I would get on set and things would go wrong. <laughs> and so, you know, but I think that preparation wasn't for nothing. Like being prepared, like having a certain mindset when you're coming onto set, it helped me to be grounded and centered enough to find another plan, you know, to tap into the communities I had around me, whether it be the crew or the cast. Um, or even just people at the synagogue <laughs> um, to to help us make this thing great. And then I would find in the edit, I would look back at my storyboards and be like, oh, wait, this worked out. This is mm -hmm. what I wanted it to be. <laughs> it just seems like a huge failure at the time. So yeah, I guess it was that being willing to do the work to prepare and then let go so you can find something better. Well, I look forward having you back on the program. I look forward to more work. Really, truly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for taking some time to spend with us today. We've been talking with the writer and producer, uh, that would be Jess Seidman, as well as the director and editor, that would be Olivia Peace. The film is called Tahara, being released through Film Movement, so you can go to that distribution site. You can always go to filmschoolradio.com to find out whatever information I have available will be posted there, so you can check it out. And uh, I look forward to having you back on. So thank you so very much for your time and all the best. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music